I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what for everybody who knows what we say, Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. I see you, Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. It's all right. <laughs> you know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Lisa Bolakaj is out for now. She'll be back when you know she's Miss waiting you, for the Lisa. waiting Miss for the Rona, waiting for the Rona to slow down a little bit. So be patient with her, you know. Um, and then Chris Derrick is on uh, Outline, I believe, this week. So you know he's doing good shit. So that's a good reason. Bougie big time. Exactly. <laughs> 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 like we barely got Mike and he bougie big time. Oh, Look at it. Look at him. Bougie Stop. shout Look. out. Shout I'm out. I'm just getting here. Like rose Chris petals will go everywhere you walk and <laughs> shit. You know, Chris, you, you, you know you might do, <laughs> but you a little bougie with it. Now. Okay. Got that fairy dust just sprinkled on him and shit. <laughs> Sprinkle him, man. How do you say it? Man. Sprinkle him, man. <laughs> Living. Just happy to be here. Hey, look, so uh, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today we got little bro in the building. Y'all didn't even know I could do it like that, did you? <laughs> Brother got all kind of bars today. We lit today. I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood today. Uh, Mike, God damn it, you just pronounced it Goyo. perfect. Goyo. Yes, you got uh, it. You got it. Let me hear you say, yeah, look at that. <laughs> you, you, like, you, you took it to the bay. I love it. You took yeah, it to the Yay, area. See, that's what it is. Wild. Um, uh, writer himself doing some big things on Insecure. Gene, oh, Genie and, uh, Genie and Georgia. Genie and Georgia. I was about to say Genie and Tracy because Joe ass sitting right here. They're <laughs> 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 like, that's a different movie, bitch. That ain't it. <laughs> right, yeah, what was that one? <laughs> exactly. Bunch of shit going on out there. We're getting to the stuff, the other, other shit you're working on by yourself, the mentorship. We'll get into all that. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I remember like being here as a spectator, and I'm like on the show. So it's, it's, it's dope. It's, know, a, it's a, a great moment for me. I was teasing him, Tracy. I'm talking about, see, you took a call, a brother. Now I gotta go through his assistant Stop and shit. It. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Stop his it. assistant had rose petals walking everywhere he walked and shit. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice when cats hey. are working though. I love it's, it. It's Bros nice, yeah. and sisters are, are doing things, and everybody's a little bit busier. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing. Right. Yeah, we the, miss them, but it's I'd rather it this way than everybody's available and ain't got right. shit to do. Indeed, no, indeed. absolutely. But, dude, Mike, on a real, so proud of you, dude, just to see the es elevation, escalation, what's the word? We don't have them words in the project, you know yeah. what I mean? Them. <laughs> <laughs> we know those Elevation words. and escalation. Hey, hey, okay, D, all the above. <laughs> yeah. No, but thank you. Thank you so much. It's uh, an honor to be here, truly. Thank you, thank you. So let's go ahead and just tell the kids, like, where you're from and how you got into the game in the first place. 
Well, I was born in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents. Shout out to Haiti right now, by the way. Shout out to Haiti. Please send your prayers out there. It's the, you know, it's a crazy situation. I remember, and we'll probably get into right. it, but the first earthquake, like my parents were there. My sister mm-hmm. was there. We couldn't reach them for three days. So I can only <laughs> imagine what people are going through now and trying mm-hmm. to get in, in touch with their families. So, yes, my heart goes out to uh, everyone um, out there uh, and thankfully my family out there is okay right. but as I'm saying we're, we're praying for everyone there um, but yeah I was I was born in Haiti uh, my parents and I moved to the States when I was five we moved to Boston Massachusetts oh, where okay. I you know grew up <laughs> um, we lived in like a predominantly he had the, clear, he had the clearest throat on that chest I had to clear my top <laughs> Boston Boston um, is no joke <laughs> no but like when we first moved there um, we moved to like a pretty much a Haitian community like mm. what people don't don't know or may not realize is that behind Miami and New York Boston's the m- third most populated really? when it comes For to Haitian. Haitian community outside of Haiti I never knew that yeah so there's like our little our version of little Haiti in Boston it's called Mattapan that's where like all the yeah Mattapan you know Mattapan okay okay hold on Roxbury, Dorchester and Mattapan Mattapan you got right, people cool. in Boston yeah. yeah hold on hold on shout out to Janelle Burke in the house <laughs> over here chilling you know one of the emerging writers wanted to come and chill with us thank you girl we appreciate you thank you yeah, I'm glad y'all know Mattapan. Yeah, so it's like the Ellis Island for Haitians. Like, that's okay. where all the Haitians came through. Um, and then, you know, my younger years, I, school was just like all Haitians, like English as a second language speaking, you know, mm-hmm. classes. Um, and I, it was I was, a, it was an all black class. Mm. And then I moved to Quincy, Massachusetts, and I was the only black kid in the class. So mm. I like to say that I learned to like <coughs> hone my fluencies between like Negro and Caucasian, <laughs> <laughs> and learned to code switch very right, fast right. without like realizing what that was mm. at a young age. So you know, parents were grooming me to go to med school. Like growing up in the Caribbean or growing up as a Haitian person, you only get like three options: like doctor, lawyer, engineer. I didn't even get the three. I just it was like doctor. <laughs> that's what you gonna be. <laughs> they chose that for me. Um, but I got to college, and you know, me and organic organic chemistry did not mix. Yeah. <laughs> it was just not a thing that like I was gonna be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up writing. You know, I changed my major to creative writing with a concentration in, like theater, and thought I was gonna be a playwright. Um, you know, took a production internship my last semester in college, mm-hmm. and was like, oh, TV, like that is <laughs> that's where the money's at. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go do that. Right. Um, so I moved to LA shortly after graduating, and that was it. So how know? long you been in LA now? I've been in LA. It'll be eight years in September. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So. So you must have you must have came and hang out with us like five six years ago. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. like five years ago. Interesting. Isn't Interesting. that crazy? Yeah. I go. Man. It's been a long time <laughs> since I left you. <laughs> All right, y'all. So <laughs> Hill, Hilliard is on one today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, is, yeah, man, we've we've really come a long way. Um, Still have a long way to go. But so yeah. for I'm sorry to interrupt. For our for the listeners and the and the newbies and maybe folks who are aren't as familiar with the podcast, you can just talk about when you first got here, those early days in LA. Mm. What did you do? What was your immediate goal? Mm. For sure. Um, how long did it take you to get acclimated? Just talk about those those Indeed. first those first times years. when you got here. 
thankfully i had a job when i got out here i was working for american idol as a production assistant while in boston because you know how idol does their mm -hmm. like their tours so they travel yeah. yeah they travel around mm -hmm. and they pick up people mm -hmm. basically yeah. so i was working for them as a production assistant in boston i happened to mention to the production manager hey i'm moving to la in a month and he was like, oh, cool. When you move, come work with us. Mm. So as soon as I moved, I had a job. Nice. Right. I was working on American Idol. I was working on So You Think You Can Dance. Mm -hmm. It was We um, call it digga 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 digga. We do, we do. Cause no, that, that, like, that, yeah, that's the thing. I feel that. <laughs> no, but um, it was, they were um, owned by the same production company. Right. right. So after American Idol would end in like May, I would just roll right into So You Think You Can Dance. Nice. So I would have work year round, okay. nice. which was fantastic. But like, I didn't come to LA to work in reality TV. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So although I was like quickly moving up in reality from like a PA to like a supervising producer, like mm -hmm. that was not the goal. Right. <laughs> so I actually had to like just take, take a step back and I stopped taking reality jobs. I got a part-time job at, at the gym, mm -hmm. you know, to supplement like the income that I had saved up from reality mm -hmm. so that I can write full-time. Right. Right. I'm gonna stop you one more time. I'm gonna let you go so, so we don't miss this. Mm. You were in Boston, you were working as a production assistant for American Idol. You saw your supervisor, a mm -hmm. production supervisor, yep. and you spoke up. Yeah, you didn't let the opportunity pass you by. You didn't make the mistake of not saying anything. You piped up and let him know mm -hmm. you were trying to come to L.A. You didn't know how he would respond. That's right. right. You didn't know whether or not he'd say, all right, cool. You can come work for us when you get here. But something in you made you make sure that he knew what right. you were trying to right. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, because you know, closed mouths don't get fed. You know, yes. if you don't say anything, how do you know right. how that person intends to respond to you? And the thing is, what I've learned while being in LA and just like pursuing this career is that people genuinely want to help you. Mm -hmm. Like, you just have to say something. You know, if they have the capacity, they will, you know, extend a hand and like do whatever they can to like, you know lift you up yeah. um and i've taken but they that. will not if you don't ask they won't you can be you sitting right ask. there yep. doing the thing they do and yep. if you don't ask they won't give you a we've been talking about this for 15 years learn the me. hard way yep. you gotta open <laughs> exactly. your mouth man <clears throat> um and that is what i learned in moving to la and like mm -hmm. pursuing this career facts okay um so what was it that finally got you in my first uh it was uh it was isa isa gave me my first like see 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 y'all see wait, that? what happened he called her isa like that's his cousin <laughs> 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 uh, miss isa ray miss, miss isa ray. put some respect on yeah, that put some respect on it right. um, she's a queen, mrs now the queen exactly. that. Yeah. is she <laughs> I think it was just a photo shoot. Yeah, I think it was a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah. I, th I heard it was a photo shoot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey. um, no, but she gave me my first um, writing opportunity on this scripted podcast she was doing called Fruit. So how did that come about? Uh, that is a... Okay, so I'm going to give you the, the, the long story. Give us a real, real. I'm going to give you the real. For sure. Early <laughs> 2015, I'll say like January or February... She was uh, putting together a mixer for creatives, creatives mm -hmm. of color. Um, and she put out a blast on her Instagram or her social media saying, you know, hey, I'm having this mixer. If you'd like to attend, please submit your material. And if we like it, that will be your entrance into the mixer. Oh, that's cool. So uh, myself and a bunch of friends, we all submitted our material. Mm -hmm. I submitted like a, a, like a 
10 page short mm -hmm. and we, we were all like waiting bated breath to see like who would get the email back that's like it was like our golden ticket like right. who's gonna get the email uh, thankfully we all got the email which was great and went to the mixer met her for all of two minutes mm. like you know of course there were like 30 other people there mm. um oh, she kept it contained she kept it contained okay. she kept it contained mm -hmm. it was like a group of like you know writers directors actors mm -hmm. all creatives you know um and but in the two minutes that i got a chance to talk to her i made her laugh so i felt like mm. okay I, I made you laugh so you're gonna remember who i am that's good, that's good. um but um after that maybe like a couple of months after that she sent an email out to a bunch of us writers because mm. she was doing this equal pay for equal work campaign for mm -hmm. women's rights. She was doing a short <clears throat> and she was doing like a mini room for the short. So I submitted my material, did not get into the mini room, which mm -hmm. was cool. I emailed her after that and said, hey, you know, if you need like a PA on set during this shoot, like I'll do it for free. Like I'll pay it for free. Like I just want to like be a part of the experience and like learn mm -hmm. and she was like okay cool she connected me with um her producing partner denise davis who's amazing uh, they're both equally amazing another queen. people another queen mm -hmm. um and denise you know brought me on as a production assistant mm -hmm. they actually ended up paying me for that day when i was like <laughs> i'll just work for free so they paid me for that day got a chance to talk to Issa a little more mm -hmm. by that time i had written something that got into the second round of the austin film festival nice nice and that same year she was going to be a panelist at austin ah. so i was like hey you know we should definitely like carpool down or something together <laughs> like tailgate <laughs> You're stupid. she was not about that um <laughs> but uh when we got to austin she was like let's get drinks we got drinks uh, for like a couple of hours. By that time, Insecure had been picked up to series. Mm. Um, of course, it was staffed. Like her assistant, her her support staff, like she was staffed. Yeah. I so always tell people, by the time it comes out, by it's the already, time it's in deadline, it's done. It's done. It's done. <coughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah. So don't even. And everybody like, calling the agent. Who I got to right. get up? He's like, bitch, There's it's no been point. staffed it's six months ago. Right. <laughs> 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 that room ended six months exactly. ago. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually when the news comes out, like they're all staffed up. But a week after we had drinks, she emailed me about Fruit. Mm. It was like, would you like to come in and interview for this? And I did. And Tell us about Fruit. Was able to get on. Fruit is a first-person narrative about a sexually fluid football player who recounts events from his past as it leads up to a scandal. Right. So it's, it's like, like a this, scripted podcast. It's a scripted right? podcast, mm -hmm. audio drama. <clears throat> it was one of the first of its kind, you know, coming up along with like Serial, mm -hmm. right? And it was very successful. It was, uh, it, it honestly, to me, remains like the standard at which audio dramas should be told, right. you know? Um, and it was a great project. It won a, a Webby Award, I mm -hmm. believe. And yeah, it's, it's a fantastic project. We did two seasons of it. I wrote three episodes each season. Right. And it was. That's a lot. Yeah. It was, How long were they? I forgot. Like. They were like, I want to say like 12 minutes, yeah, 17 like 12, minute 13, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so it was <clears throat> a fantastic experience. And mm -hmm. I was able to do that while working as a writer's assistant on Claws. Mm -hmm. Um, and you see know, how you skipped that. Where he got that one? So well, we, we gonna get to that. We gonna get, we gonna, <laughs> we'll, we gonna we'll get back. to that. We just we gotta gonna, come back. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, double back because <laughs> this story is also like about people in my life who have given me a hand up or who have like you know been there for me That's and like mentored me and just you know lifted me up and given me like references, you know, or or 
have recommended me to things. Mm -hmm. um, so to go back to cause, <coughs> while I was doing fruit, um, Ben Corey Jones emailed me. This was like this was like two or three in the morning. He had mm -hmm. emailed me about cause, which was a new show that was coming out. They needed a writer's PA, mm -hmm. and at that time I was like, "Bet, like, mm -hmm. get me in there. Thank you so much for sending it. Like, I will interview. Shout I'll out do to whatever. Ben Corey Jones. Shout out to mm -hmm. Ben Corey Jones." <clears throat> um, and I was just excited for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Got to interview with Janine Sherman Berois yes, and yes. Elliot uh, Lawrence, who, mm -hmm. you know, Elliot's the creator of the show. Janine was show running and got the job as the writer's PA for season one. Season two was moved up to a writer's assistant. And then by season three, Janine had recommended me to her old manager, who then got me staffed on Ginny and Georgia. Nice. So, you know, like there are people that come into your life for a reason, mm -hmm. but also, you know, not wanting anything for themselves, but to only lift other people up. Yeah. And I feel like Issa has been that for me. I feel like Ben has been that. Uh, Janine has certainly has been that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming full circle and just talking about my a mentorship initiative that I launched earlier this year, mm -hmm. it's <coughs> really been about ways in which I feel like we can lift each other up right. in the same way that I have been lifted up, you know, throughout my career, you know? Um, so I, I really kind of like honor them um, for that and continue to do so and hope that I can do that through my work. Well, let's, let's talk about your mentorship for a minute, but I do want to get back to, of course, Insecure and Ginny and Georgia. But um, let's talk about that. What, what made you come up with that, and what, how does the initiative work in the first place? Uh, the initiative is, is <coughs> fantastic. I have 11 mentees mm -hmm. who, you know, all write different genres from... How did you find them? Like, what, what was How the, did I find them? I had a Janelle couple of mentees. Janelle, so Janelle, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know for those for those listening who who are wanting to know what the application process is. First, you know, you apply, you submit your your script, you submit, you know, your resume. Uh, once you get through that phase, the next phase is an interview, and you interview with me just to like get a good idea of like what it is that you want to do, what it is that you feel that you bring with your voice. Right. Um, and, you know, and that gets you into the, based on what your answer is and based on, you know, just being personable, because I feel like one of the biggest things about being a writer out here is learning and being personable, you know, mm -hmm. that's what gets you into rooms, writer's rooms, right. you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was the process. And then I had 11 mentees, 11 of the inaugural group, and they all write different genres from, um animation and kids programming to like you know dark comedy mm -hmm. you know fantasy ya um and things like that so i'm incredibly proud of them i'm proud of the program um and just to name some of the features mm -hmm. uh we do a monthly writing workshop where we operate like a writer's room for eight mm -hmm. hours on a saturday every oh, wow. one saturday per month and we workshop their scripts you know we if they need to do a page one rewrite, that's what we'll start working on. If mm -hmm. they need to work on structure or reformatting their outline, that's what we'll work on. Um, and just to like get their scripts ready into a place where it could be seen by representation. It right. could be you know seen by like a potential showrunner who might want to like um, hire them, you know. And I partnered with my agency, uh, Culture Creative, and my management firm, Writ Large, to you know put the program together so that by the end of the year when we have been workshopping their scripts all year they have an opportunity to be read by nice. representation <clears throat> and potentially you know brought on for an interview um and you know 
representation. Nice. Uh, so I'm glad to be able to do that. But another feature is like writer roundtables where we invite writers. I'm sorry, invite writers to uh, have like a um, close knit conversation with them. Uh, about the business it's like r- like it's like you do here hilliard mm-hmm. it's like real shit we talk about like real I issues you see know? he ain't calling nobody you right. <laughs> no no you <laughs> maybe maybe you the call's coming you see what I'm saying? it's coming it's coming <laughs> i gotta have my own it's show coming. first you know it's what i mean no, I, I get if, it i get it it's cool. if anything i'm like y'all need to listen to <laughs> screenwriters rant room now um but uh yeah it's it's been great we've had like amy aniobi we've mm-hmm. had kemp powers you know Oh. Emmy Award winning. All people we know, love. Yes. Golden Globe, Oscar winning, and <laughs> Ken Powers. Um, and they have conversations with them about like what it's really like to be in this industry and things mm-hmm. that they need to know right. about working in a writer's room or just navigating the industry as a person of color. Um, but yeah, it, the program came to be because I felt as though I wanted to provide a sustainable pathway program to writers coming up in a way that I felt like I received, mm-hmm. you know? There are um, writers in the business, like Ben Corey Jones, mm-hmm. or um, Issa Rae, um, Janine sherman Berois, who have like helped me, who mm-hmm. have lifted me up, um, and I wanted to be able to do the same for writers coming up next to me, right. or behind me, or like even the writers that like are behind me, propelling them past me, you know, giving them opportunities to do that. So the, the fact that you're even doing it now, like you're not waiting till you're an EP, man. That you're doing <laughs> it, you're like a mid-level writer. Yeah, you're like, I know, oh, I know. And that, that's, that says a lot about you, though. Well, thank you, thank you. Know? you. Uh, I don't know if I'm crazy or what, but like, it's <laughs> it's it's you know, it's people ask me and they're like, why do you feel like you need to do this now? Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you like you know? Why don't you wait till you're in a in a in like a Ether A level place or like a Lena Waif level place? And the thing like is, they have time, right, 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 right. <laughs> and if the thing is, it's like the help that I received came from everywhere. Okay. Um, you know, I think at the time when Ben was helping me out and like mentoring me, he was a staff writer or a story editor mm-hmm. himself. You know, um, and I, you know, opportunities don't come from you know based on like the the level of experience that you have it's about the level of access that you have and i have a lot of access so if i can provide that for someone else then why not do that do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so what i uh, lack in say experience um i am much you know more able to provide in access Mm. so uh and that is what my program has been about and that's what i'm i'm offering nice yeah. Ahead, no, I, I wouldn't. <coughs> I wouldn't sell yourself too short in terms of your experience. Oh, it's, thank you. It's not nothing what you did. <laughs> thank but you. But let me let me ask you about when you when you were on that road before now, and Issa, Janine, Ben, like these are some very accomplished people who whose paths you know cross with yours what do you think it is about you at the time that they saw in you it it had to be more than just the fact that you spoke up more than just the fact that you were cool and personable more than you having material obviously the material was good i'm sure but what if what do you think it is that they saw Wow, that is a great question. See, I have my own. Um, I have my own answer, <laughs> but I want to hear what that you is. That is a great question. Um, 
normally I don't know how to answer questions like this, but uh, you know, because it, it kind of like kind of have to like brag about yourself it's hard to like, know you know what i mean it's hard i'm to just know, and i'm, I'm like, just, just interested I, in what you think I, no i feel you um for me it's i'm I, i'm an incredibly driven person like mm. you know i know what i want and i know how to go after that and um i think people see that and you know are not only encouraged by it but see themselves in it because all these individuals who have helped me are incredibly driven people. You know, they have um, an idea of what they want for their careers. They have purpose. They have, you know, um, drive, and they know what they want to say. Mm -hmm. And I think that they see that in me. I would like to think that they mm -hmm. see that in me. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I've been able to create um, such great, genuine relationships because you know, we think in the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't necessarily want the same things, but our drive to get to those things are the same. Um, and when someone is able to see that in you, they, I would think, would like to help or enjoy helping. So I'll, uh, I'll yeah. piggyback off of that. <clears throat> when you asked that question, what I thought was what makes me help people. Mm. And it's usually somebody who has a similar thing that I have. Mm. Right. So all those things you got that mm -hmm. drive and whatever. Like I want somebody who's like and I say this all the time on the show. You know, I do. Yes. I'm like, don't come to me with how do I come with me is come to me with I did this thing. What else? And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. And those are the people that I love. I don't want you to be like, well, how do I get an agent? How do I I'm like, bitch, Google it. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. right. I want somebody who's did the thing we did. You need initiative. You know what I mean? We right. didn't have no internet and none of that. We had to grind and do the stuff. I want to see somebody who does that too. Those are the, And I always make this joke and people can take it bad or whatever. If I drop it, pick it up. What I mean is be that person who helps me. Right. Be that person that I need. And you're the one I'm going to stop everybody else and make sure I go, yo, I got this event to go to. I was going to take my husband, but I'm going to take you. You yeah. know, as an example, yeah. you know what I mean. That's the person that I want, so I could see Ben and 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 um, all the rest of the people on the list you named, all the people we know, <laughs> right? <laughs> all our friends. Um, I see why. Yeah, you know, because those are the people you don't want. Somebody who's like, how can I? How can I? How can I? You want somebody who's like, I did this. What else? Right. I did this. What else? Right. Am I on the right track? And th those are people you want to guide through. Go ahead, Tristan. Well, it's true. Um, and some of y'all know. Like I became a producer this year for real, right. um, executive producer. We've talked about it on a podcast many times, mm -hmm. as has Chris. The last thing a showrunner wants is you coming to them with a problem or a question or something else that they're going to have to handle. Right. And so you have to be about problem solving right. and taking things off of their plate. You may not get it every single time, you may not achieve it 100% of the time, but hopefully when they look at you, they see someone who is handling business and being a problem. Sometimes you take it as far as you can, mm -hmm. and you know the showrunner has to step in. And you know I've had to do that, but I'm not coming in and saying, oh, well, this is an issue. I was there, I watched it all unravel. <laughs> right. What are we gonna do? <laughs> like, you, got, you have to be a problem solver. Right. And at least have an awareness and some real active attempts at coming up with a solution. Even if your solution isn't the solution, Facts. you gotta be in that mode 
all the time. So yep. I'll shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about, I think it was for fruit. So like writing wise, what were some of the first things that you learned or you had to apply to? It's to, a different format too, to isn't it? Yeah, it's a way thing. different. Yeah, way different in terms of like just I went to the WGA and looked up like scripts for, you know, those old radio soaps, you know, Smart. and to see how they did it, like how they were doing it, what they were paying attention to, mm -hmm. how they articulated sound, like how important was sound in terms of building the world, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I learned that was incredibly important. So we learned to lean on the action to build the atmosphere um, so that you're creating these like, you know, triggers for the sound you know engineer to know what is happening in the scene because right. we all know like the script is the blueprint for everyone else involved right it's it's the it acts as the liaison between all departments right. so you know what you're doing right. um and you know in a radio scripts or podcast scripts you have to really lean into the action so that the uh, sound engineer knows what they're right. what environment they're creating mm. Um, so it was very like action heavy mm -hmm. um, and structurally just the you know, slug lines weren't as important. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. like it doesn't really, you know, matter like where you are per se. It's mm. more so about the sound that you're creating and the atmosphere that you're building through the sound. Not that same visual. Kind yeah, of not that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And also really leaning into narration and, mm. you know, getting into the uh, character's thought process to really figure out what is happening in the scene and what the, is the character feeling in the scene. Yeah. Um, so, and you can yeah. say what the character's thinking in that world. Right. You know, right. For sure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So it was really like leaning on a lot of that. Um, and then, you know, the, the writer's room process was short. It was like maybe how many writers weeks. were, it was a uh, first season. It was three of us. Mm. Um, second season, it was four of us. Okay. Um, the writer's room process was short. It was like two weeks. Oh my you god! You know what I mean? It was, and then we like. So y'all had to write them scripts fast as fuck. No, well, we had to at least get the outline oh, done within that it. writer's room time, and then once we were out of the room, we had time to like write our episodes. Okay. You know, um, but yeah, it was really short. Um, and then when I got into like I guess a traditional room like Claws as mm -hmm. an assistant, I really got a chance to see it on a l much larger scale mm -hmm. how things worked and how TV scripts worked right. um and, and janine got a machine going. i mean <laughs> janine got a machine like uh -huh. she is if you could learn from anyone right. yes and if you have the opportunity to learn from anyone please like learn from janine sherman Burwell. like she is a beast when it comes to like running a room but also just the amount of shows that she has mm -hmm. like coming down the pipeline is Crazy. incredible so yeah shout out to janine yeah big sense over there the other thing i was thinking one other last thing is in um because we, we we're working now with uta's podcast area because we have a show we're going to do and one of the things that i know that when i was talking to him about it i said well well you know in the script we have <clears throat> there are scenes where there's five or six characters we know when we do it we're going to have to edit some of those characters out because mm -hmm. you can't have more two three maybe four people in a scene on on podcasts because your ears doesn't connect to who's talking exactly. you know, and all that. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the other thing that a lot of people don't always realize. They're like, oh, well, there's eight people in this scene. Like, eh, it's not going to work on the podcast. It's not. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to differentiate? So, right. yeah, you're right. For sure. Um, <clears throat> so 
Insecure came out. Let's talk about. Can you talk about what the writers' room was like there, working um, with Prentice and Amy yeah, and all them? Yeah. Well, they are all fantastic human love beings. Prentice. Like I love every single one of them, and got a chance to like learn from all of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm incredibly grateful for that. <laughs> um, but just to talk about the difference in like being in an in-person writers' room to then uh, going. To like uh, Zoom, Zoom uh. being in a Zoom room. So mm-hmm. like Insecure was my first Zoom room, okay. um, and it was slightly bittersweet because you know, the past five years I'd been watching them on Instagram, mm-hmm. like having fun in the room, right. and like I'm like, oh shoot, I'm about to be a part of that. I can't <laughs> wait to be a part of that. Um, and you know, it was they were having so much fun um, and creating and like being able to like, be in a space together was great. But then moving to a Zoom room. I was still like ecstatic to be there, but mm-hmm. like you lose some of that like familial aspect of being in a room where you can like decide conversations that take place or like the, the water cooler talk or mm-hmm. just even going on a walk during like your lunch right. break or something right. like that, getting to know your coworkers, <laughs> uh, um, things like that, like you miss. Um, but other than that, it was fantastic. Like mm-hmm. it was just great being able to learn from them. And what about um, Ginny, and, Ginny and Jordan? Ginny and Jordan. I see you over there with my girl, Deb Fisher. Yeah, she's my, Deb she's Fisher. my neighbor. Oh, Deb, yeah. is, Deb is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's she's great. And, you know. Big um, sis, I call her. Big sure. fifth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. She's, she's, she's a, um, a great showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, Ginny and Georgia season one was in person. Mm-hmm. And that was a, my first staff job. And I was very grateful for it. Fantastic, you know, room experience. So you did um, Ginny and Georgia before Insecure? Yeah, I did Ginny and Georgia season one. Why did one I have that reversed? No, because huh. it's crazy because Ginny and Georgia season one, that room was 2019. Hmm. And then Insecure, that room happened in 2020, and you know, COVID. So that mm. was a Zoom oh, room. Okay. And oh, so then you came on the last two seasons of Insecure? Or the, the, last, season. the last season of okay. Insecure. Okay. The last season of Insecure. And then when Ginny and Georgia season one premiered, it didn't premiere till 2021. Right. Right. So it was like a whole like mm-hmm. year and a half, right. you know, had passed. Netflix. I, right. 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 <laughs> Netflix. It takes forever. Right. It takes forever <laughs> over there. Um, and we then, love you. Right, right. We love you. We love you. We love you. Keep paying us. Keep paying us. <laughs> um, but then season one didn't happen till 2021. Mm-hmm. Like you were in it now. So it, it takes a long time. Yep. Yeah. So you learned, of course, fruit, Ginny and Georgia, Insecure. You brought your own <coughs> PA experience, very driven, as you said. Is there anything that any of the writers, EP showrunners, whomever, like explicitly maybe brought you aside and, you know, do this, don't do that? Did you get any direct advice or was it all just stuff that you kind of picked up mm. on by observation mm-hmm. it's a combination of a few things that's a great question it's um yes they would pull me aside i think janine one of the best pieces of advice janine ever gave me was keep writing mm-hmm. she was like that's all she ever said to me <laughs> was like mm-hmm. uh-huh great i'm glad that's happening but keep writing <laughs> because <laughs> it's it's it, well you have to do that like you're you're only as good as your last script right so you have to you know keep working that muscle so um, what I've learned is while I'm in a room is to keep writing, wor- working on my material when I'm outside of the yeah. room. So I think it's because I continue to do that that I've been able to, like, you know, plant seeds early and allow, 
them shits to bloom now. Like, can we curse on here? Like, I don't know if we can curse. Have you heard me curse? Okay, like okay, cool, cool, cool. I was like, I, I'm trying to remember. I said, I'm, trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So, um, yeah, like, be yourself, man. Be yourself. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> um, but in terms of advice, it's you know, speak up. You know, um, don't you know present a problem without having an answer mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really important but also um watching other people watching how they pitch um every room has its own kind of like dna um so you really have to like take time and watch what everyone else is doing uh to really kind of like inform how you should move in the room mm-hmm. um and that's like a piece of advice for like all of us whether you're just starting out or you're like your showrunner level like each room has its own um dynamic dynamic mm-hmm. so you really culture. have to kind of like yeah their own culture <coughs> so you really have to kind of hone in and identify what that is so that you know how to operate in the room right i was thinking about um i remember back when i was on deadly class we like a few weeks in like everybody was pitching a pretty generic way at first mm-hmm. and somehow we were all just like sitting around like during lunch or whatever just talking and we started telling like real stories mm-hmm. and i told this story about being on the corner with my homeboys and he got shot mm-hmm. in front of me and i was bawling telling mm-hmm. the story and i mean the blood was all over me you know blah blah, blah. and i remember telling the story and i looked around at the table and every we had three showrunners they all were like everybody was like in tears and the main showrunner gets up on his feet and he starts pacing i'm like shit like what happened and he's like that's what we need to do i want everybody to give me a real story you know because ours was about teenagers like what happened Mm -hmm. back in those days blah 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 and so our pitching changed it shifted in the room and we're doing this you know show about these kids in this you know school who have abilities and whatever and every time we pitch he'd be like dude when i was six there was this thing that Bob about what mm. if he d- it turned into that mm. being a way to pitch because of what I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I always tell writers they got to be really vulnerable in the room. If you know you don't want people to know your parents were alcoholics, whatever, the room ain't for you. Oh, it's not for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. It is not for you. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny you say that because I learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think at first, like, I wasn't trying to share as much and not from a place of like, I don't want them knowing my information, but from a place of like being slightly timid. But we're also you black folks, and be like, don't right, tell nobody right, your business. Don't tell nobody your business, <laughs> exactly. right? It's like it's a trauma response. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but um, you have to learn to kind of like shed that, mm-hmm. and like you know, remember that part of the reason you've been hired on is to provide your perspective and your experience. Facts. So if you're keeping that from the room, it's not going to serve anyone right they might slide it more oh slide it more towards me uh check one check one just just a little more a little more a little more you're you're leaning like this i'm leaning i'm I'm leaning on my elbow (laughs) you see what he's doing he's trying to lean with it rock with it i see (laughs) (laughs) no but like you um yeah you just have to kind of uh pay attention to yourself Mm -hmm. and what how you're responding so that you can bring your best self to the room right um so yeah that's important for yeah, sure. The, the secret sauce is your personal ups and downs mm-hmm. and those things that only you know and how you felt at the time. What are you working on now just in terms of, of material or what are you most looking forward to as far as uh, the next project you finish? 
Man, there are a couple of things that I'm incredibly excited about, both of which I cannot talk about yet. We try. We waiting on that ink to dry. You've been, been producing some shit. Yeah, I have. I, I have been. Um, and, you know, those things are, you know, seeds that I planted early mm-hmm. that are finally growing and coming to fruition. So I'm incredibly, right. you know, grateful for that. Um, and you'll be hearing about them soon, hopefully. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, when, when we start the writers' room, when, when we got man, <laughs> listen, listen, it's, it's coming, and I'm, 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 I'm incredibly excited about it. Uh, yeah, I just can't say much now because I you just know, did, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the but, funniest know, it's, it's thing coming. about this business out of the, I don't know, 300 something guests I've had on the show. Every single person goes, well, there's this thing, but I can't talk about it. On man. Every single one. It's such a the it's culture. It's partly like a superstition, too, though, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. man, deals can go left oh, so yeah. quick, and then you end up saying something, and mm-hmm. then, like, two days later, it's like, oh, that deal fell through. I'm, my bad. Uh, I'm sorry. It's and embarrassing. Like, Damn, it is. Yes. So I'm like, I keep shit to myself <laughs> until that ink is yes. dry. Yes. So real. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you something about um, oh, the interviews when mm. you when you go on your showrunners interview, mm-hmm. what do you think you do that is helping you to stand out? Mm. That's a really good question. What I'll also say is that I've had showrunner interviews where I didn't get the job mm-hmm. too, you know. And that's not to say I I did something wrong in the room, but it's more so like. No matter how great of a writer you think you are, you just may not be the best fit for that room. Yeah. And it's, it's the showrunner's, like, prerogative to decide who is, you know? Yeah. Uh, but in terms of, like, you know, what I did in rooms that I, you know, got into, I was myself. I, you know, like you have been saying, you know, be true to yourself and, like, you know, speak to your experiences and, mm-hmm. like, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I think both of the rooms that I got into so far it's because I was like vulnerable and just gave them real shit like you know and with myself like, so, do you always like come prepared with pitches or do you oh I try to mm-hmm. I try to come prepared with pitches like you know mm-hmm. so that we can at least have a conversation right. sometimes the showrunner knows what direction they're going in with the series so mm-hmm. your pitches <laughs> might mean yeah, jack shit like, <laughs> right? like oh that's nice thank, thank you for that but we're gonna go our own direction <laughs> with that um, but it's great to at least come prepared to do that and yeah. have those conversations because essentially they want to know that the way that you are uh, interacting with them in that moment is the same way that you're going to be in the room. Like, right. can you contribute? Do you have ideas? Do you, you know, um, you know, do you have like strong convictions in, you know, that are pertaining to a certain thing right. that speak to your perspective, that speak to your voice? You know what I mean? Like, they don't want someone in the room that's going to agree with them all the mm-hmm. time. They want someone that ha- comes with their own set of experiences. Um, and that's really important to get that across when you're in a meeting. Because I remember on, <clears throat> I don't know how much of this you know, but I remember on Jeannie and Tracy, they were looking for a queer writer. Jeannie and Georgia. Jeannie and Georgia. I, I told you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> Jeannie and Tracy. because he's sitting right that's there. That's a new show. That's, that's a new show. Right? That's, so that's going to be the show within that's, the show. That's what I'm trying Ginny to tell you. Yeah. It's a spinoff, bitch. It's a spinoff. Sorry about that. I always do that. I love it. I love it. But for example, I remember they were looking for, Deb was looking for, you know, a writer of color who was queer at this particular time. For season two? For when you came on. Okay, okay. That first time. Okay, okay, okay. And, um... Um, so sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and you fit molds, you fit 
the because they're they're building their team mm-hmm. and they're trying to you know hit those boxes that work for them and sometimes they go well you know what fuck the box this works anyway whatever right thing is. You know right what I mean? right and that's the other thing too like and that's the thing we're trying to like get away from in the industry as it pertains to like writers of color mm-hmm. like needing to check off a box right you know we want to be in a position where you don't feel as though you have to do that um and i feel like it's not you know any showrunner's fault that that happens per se it's sure. more so the machine it's the industry that kind of like you know conditions them in this way to for us to operate that way but the fact is like you don't just put yourself in a position where it's like you need one like oh we're looking for one black male (laughs) you know lgbtq writer Mm -hmm. um and then it's just that one slot to fill you know um i will be glad to see the days where we don't have to do that um, and you know, I feel like we are working towards that. I'm working towards that. And mm-hmm. it's part of the reason why I created the mentorship program too, mm-hmm. to kind of like create a sense of like access for all of us so that we have a, you know, a level playing field. Right. Um, but yeah, like I, I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. No, I was just thinking about, you know, it, we go on these, these showrunner meetings and oh, let me ask you since I get you right here. You know, when you were staffing for your show, what were you doing? Yes, sir. What were you looking for? I was looking for team players. Mm. To be honest with you, sounds mm. cliche, mm-hmm. sounds very generic, but you know, we didn't have a huge budget, so these were going to be either staffers or emerging WGA mm-hmm. types. Mm. And so I said to them. You may feel as if other people may be getting attention and even credit more so than you feel is appropriate and maybe you're not getting enough or whatever. Like like to use a sports analogy, like you're not always going to get the ball at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the last shot. You may not get the ball as many times as you like in the whole game. Right. So you need to know that going in. Like, you really need to be able to put your ego to the side and kind of work for what we're all trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get the script credit and your name on the script and all of that, but this is this is really a team thing. Yep. Right. I don't care where the idea comes from as long as it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not really about credit in that sense now as writers there's a currency in the business and you have to consider it on a certain level but i was like i really need people who are willing to do that mm-hmm. and you know everyone said they were and for the most part in the end they were yeah. um i i was fortunate in that the one person whom i didn't know at the time turned out to be fantastic Nice. But the other people I had at least had a familiarity with, mm-hmm. as right. you know. So that, but right. that's it. It's like you know, no I in team, mm-hmm. right? And yes, you, we're used to marketing ourselves and sort of talking up what we bring to the table. But in the room, I need everybody on one accord, mm-hmm. and you got to be willing to kind of step in and do what's required in the moment, and not be so worried about your contribution or your idea right or getting your feelings because your idea didn't work for what we were talking about in the moment stuff like that and that's it's a real thing you gotta you gotta deal with those personalities i remember i was talking to chris and you you probably heard chris said this before too um he was saying first season on his show 
a big you know showrunner gave him advice and the advice was if you could just say one thing a day as the staff writer you're fine you know what I mean? Because a lot of people are like, well, I'm not going to speak. I don't want to say anything. And, you know, I want to get something on the board or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, it's really just about and really thinking it through and having a voice that could make it on the board. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and what I found is my way of pitching when I'm in the room is I'm just a story person. So I'm always like, ooh. I remember when I did this thing and what if the person did this thing and it may not fit for that but seven times out of ten they're like maybe not Mike's character but Tracy's character might do something like that you know right, what I mean right and and so you start to see your stuff hit that board maybe not the way you intended it but a pivot of it or an adjustment of it and you know what I mean even even if your stuff isn't hitting the board that right. much you become the guy who always has ideas. Right. Yep. Like no right. one can say you're sitting there just taking up space. Right. It's like, well, all of this stuff isn't hidden, but it, you know he's going to come with something new every day. Right. And that's yeah, yeah. what... As long as you're like value. able to generate a conversation too, sometimes it's that person who's able to just start a conversation mm-hmm. and then the pitch coming from that conversation. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, you, sometimes you get that lag time where in the room where everyone's quiet mm-hmm. and no, no one has yeah. anything to say. Exactly. Uh, and you have that one writer that's like, hey, let's talk about this or mm-hmm. brings up a conversation about something that you know, dovetails into a pitch that ends up on the board. You right. know, right. Uh, So those people are important too. Uh, Shonda Rhimes says it really well also, and it sounds basic again, but your job just doesn't end when the day in the room is over. Like, you're supposed to, as soon as you get the notes, I used to push the writers, as I like, we need the notes. I know you're working on them yep. before, five, in the evening. You better read them before you the come notes. back in the morning, not tell you the that. notes. <laughs> read the notes. And use those notes to generate some more ideas and things that you can discuss in the room the next day. Yep. You can't yep. literally just come back to, hey, good morning. Mm-hmm. Right. What you guys? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people do. And right. a lot they of people do. do. A lot they of do. people do, yes. And, that's, that's and you can tell. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, <laughs> that is so true. Um, so you can't talk about a lot of stuff you have going on. Where do, where, where do you, what do you want to do down the, down the line? You want to be like a mogul like Issa and Lena and all them, or what? what you Man, that, that that would be the dream. That mm-hmm. is that is the I think. No one, I don't know if people set out to be moguls per se, but like oh, Lena set out to be right, mogul. right. <laughs> maybe she maybe she set out to be a mogul, right. but I think that like you are creative, right? You you want to say a lot, and you want to be able to work across different mediums and feel like you're not stuck in a box of TV or in film or in podcasts. You like, you want to be able to do it all. And I think that is what I want to do. Right. Uh, that's what Lena's been able to do. Issa's been able to do it. <laughs> um, and a lot of us creatives coming up you know, under them want to be able to do the same thing um, and have that in mind. So for me, it's less about like being a mogul per se and like being able to continue to be a creative person Mm -hmm. and not be subject to one thing you know um and having purpose like it's about what you want to say like how do you want to like articulate yourself to the world like what do you what do you want to do um being a writer first you know gives me the financial capability to Mm -hmm. do things but it also gives me the visibility 
um, and the access so that I can help other people or just be able to express my voice and like what I want to say and what I want to do mm-hmm. uh, in this world aside from like just entertainment, you know? Um, and I think for me, that's what like my future is in this business is speaking to different initiatives, speaking to, you know, just helping other writers coming up behind me mm-hmm. um, and being a mouthpiece to, you know, equality in right. this business, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion in this business. Um, and yeah, and that's go, what follow I the bitch on Twitter. Do. He's pretty outspoken. Out there, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, uh, um, yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> you got to get the gram in there too. Um, but yeah, like that's um, basically how I want to operate in this business is to. I, I used to always say, sorry to interrupt you. No, I used to always it. say many years ago, and you know my mentor Tracy. I used to say, oh, I want to be the black J.J. Um, Abrams, and. <laughs> such mm-hmm. and such saw me saying it one day and he was like you say what mm-hmm. and I said he says why are you saying black and I was like what do you mean why am I saying black you know what I mean and he was like Mm-mm, no you can say I want to be like J.J. Abrams but mm-hmm. adding the black part mm-hmm. to it was almost taking it down a notch mm-hmm. and the, but mm-hmm. he's playing it way better than I'm saying it right. and so now I say I want to be like J.J. Abrams and what I mean is this I want to be able to, and there's lots of other people, Ryan Murphy's now, who are doing what I want right, to do. Right, right. <clears throat> I want to be able to do movies and TV, whatever the fuck I want to be able to do, it, and he could do that. Right. <laughs> he, he could do it in sci-fi, he could do drama, he could do whatever Anything, he wants to do. That's sure. why I say that. You know what I mean? So that that's the reference to that. Yeah. What you got to say about yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm with you. I think your mentor understood that you didn't intend to limit yourself with the description, mm-hmm. but he also got that, you know, why the perception limiting, though. Could yes. be right. limiting. Right. So it's cool that he corrected. And we we talked about it a little bit today. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very fortunate when someone can or is willing to take you to the side and either give you some advice or correct you if that's what's going on and mm-hmm. kind of let you know when you're screwing up and you know where you need to adjust and improve everyone doesn't do that right. you know particularly in the in the corporate world I mean, you all been in the corporate world <laughs> people will just go around you you know they won't say a thing man mm-hmm. and you know the people who are not your friends it's not like in the street where you know somebody has beef with you they want to fight with you you mm-hmm. can you identify them very easily right, like right. these this this adversarial vibes are often very quiet and silent mm. and they're happening kind of behind your back so you're in a good place when people are willing to kind of pull you to the side and you know think about thanking them the next time that happens to mm. you letting you letting them know you appreciate it because everyone does not do that absolutely i just thought about something mike let's realize you've been on at least two shows that have gone to number one. That is wild to Isn't me. Is that a trip? Yeah, it's great. It's great. I ain't, I ain't complaining. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, great. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's. I feel fortunate. I feel incredibly fortunate um, to be on two very successful shows. You mm-hmm. know, um, and it's not lost on me what it's doing for my career. Um, and 
you know, I want to be able to, to use that to grow my platform, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I can have my own series of successful programming, um, you know? So I, I just feel fortunate to be able to work with greats. Right. Um, and it's been great. That's super dope. That's super dope. Well, thank you, man. We appreciate you coming through, hanging with us. Thanks today. for having me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm in the rat room, okay? <laughs> Chopping it up with Hilliard. Exactly. Which Lisa and Chris were in the building with us too, but you know, I got my man Tracy in here, dropping some game. You know, my big bro, who I look up to too. Shout so, out to Lisa and Chris. Exactly. Exactly. Where can oh, people man. find you on social media? I know you everywhere. Man. Always got his clothes off. Body, <laughs> body just ripped. Man. You know. Put me out there. Got all kind there. of Similac slacked all over him and stuff. <laughs> you know, we try. We trying over here. I see you. Um, you know, right as a sexy too. Come on, Ben. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's Black Boy Rights on Instagram. It's like a period in between each letter. Um, and on Twitter, it's Black Boy Rights, you know, no periods. Um, and yeah, that's what's Hit up. Me up. And people can follow you. Yeah, people can follow me. People can, you know, hit uh, you in the DM. Feel free to DM. Just give me time <laughs> to, to respond. <laughs> 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 not like that, y'all. Not like that. Don't please don't hit me up like that. Please don't. You know, or maybe no, 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 no. You nah, be nah, going nah, in don't. about that though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I do be going in. Yeah, but don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, feel free to hit me up. Um, I respond to DMs. Just give me time to answer them. Um, but yeah, yeah, please hit me up. That was, uh, where you at, Tracy Grant? Instagram, Tracy Grant, 5439, T-R-A-C-Y, Grant, 5439. On Twitter, it's The Real Trey, at T-H-E-R-E-E-L, Trey. And if you do hit me up, let me know. Let us know if you listen to the show. Yeah, like, that's helpful. Is like, if I don't know you, where you're coming from, like, uh, we love chopping it up, but mm-hmm. like, we 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 love to hear people actually listening to the show. Right. So yeah, Twitter, IG, uh, all day, every day. When does Lace drop? Lace drops Thursday, November fourth. All Black A L L B L K dot TV. Shout out to the whole Lace team: Michelle, Katrina, Adam, uh, Nikki Love for giving us a shot, and mm-hmm. Brett Dismuke over at All Black. You're going to see us in November. Uh, we'll also be at the American Black Film Festival in Miami Yeah, this November. Uh, what's, the, what's the show about? Tell me what the show the is show about. The show is about a shady lady lawyer here in L.A. She, she skirts and pushes the envelope <laughs> ethically to take care of her high-powered clients and is sexy and fun. And nice. we, think, we think y'all are going to dig it. Awesome. That's dope. November 4th. Mm-hmm. Love it. Like, like Mike talking about how come I can't write on it? See what I'm talking about? He want to do. <laughs> oh he want to do I everything. We, I'm like, we got damn. some things. We gonna talk after. We gonna talk when we yeah. rap. No, we, <laughs> we 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 got some things, and mm. my my brother Hilliard's making sure I get him over this microphone. Yeah, no doubt, hey. no doubt. We're trying to, you know, sometimes you just gotta promote yourself. You, you gotta have people to. Know. You have to. You gotta get that audience, you know, for mm-hmm. sure. And um, shout out again to my girl Janelle. Burke, mm-hmm. yeah, out here hanging out with us. Thank you, Janelle. Exactly. What's your, what's your information? What you at? Um, I'm on Twitter mm. at Joe underscore Rayan. It's pretty much all Janelle underscore, underscore. Just J O. J. J O. Yeah. J L. J O. J O underscore Rayan. Rayan. Yeah. All right. That's what's up. 
Sure. Love it <clears throat> Indeed indeed Thank you again Mike Appreciate you coming through Hanging around with us Thank you for having me I finally made it Exactly Look I mom Look mom <laughs> <laughs> And I'm your host Hilliard Guest You guys can find me On Twitter At Hilliard Guest um, You can follow the show Screenwriters RR On Twitter Also I'm on Fucking Clubhouse I always say Fucking Clubhouse Clubhouse uh, Instagram At Hilliard Guest um, you can also find us on our screenwritersrr.com. We got t-shirts and all that stuff over there. Please donate to our Patreon page. We appreciate that. All of you guys out there who support that, we really thank you. It keeps this show running. Um, so much stuff going on. Man, I'm in the middle of post-production. It's crazy. I hear Man, you, I'm bro. I'm tired, dude. Work. And then we got to do a pitch next week. I'm like, ugh. Um, anyway, so lots of shit going on. Things are good. You know, life is good. My birthday's coming up in two, three weeks. Nice. Brother's Come on, birthday, Virgo. Virgo. Come look, on, Virgo. Look, still, look, still like 19. I see you. <laughs> I mean, it's still Leo season, so we're going to keep our time. Y'all ain't nobody. Y'all ain't nobody. Keep our time. For sure. Y'all ain't nobody. <laughs> Y'all fired. Y'all fired. Y'all fired. <laughs> What's your birthday? August 1st. It just oh, passed, you, that's yeah. right. I did yep. say that. Yeah, yeah. I gave it since you had birthday. That's right. Leo. You too? Uh, it's this Saturday. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh. Happy birthday. And Scott's birthday is Monday. Yeah, born day. Who? My husband. Scott? Yeah. Oh, It's the 23rd. Know. I didn't know. First day, first day of Virgo. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Quiet, quiet right. Leo like me. <laughs> 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 that's hilarious. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for all for coming through, hanging out with us today. Hope you guys got some game. Um, we look forward to some just amazing shit coming from you and, you know, seeing you in the trades, talking about the new show that he can't tell nobody about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I saw the clips. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Coming soon. Exactly. Exactly. 9,000 people liking his shit. And he don't want to tell nobody. See, <laughs> I see him. Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck it with you. Seriously, proud of you, man. Thank I you. I mean that. Thank and you so much. You're the, you're the perfect example um, of why we do the show, you know, having cats like y'all, you know, four or five, six years ago, sitting here in the audience. Now you're a guest on the show, you know, and people know your name. So it's a thank great you, thing. thank you, it's incredible. Thank you so much. Indeed, and that's why I'm so proud of this cat. You know, all the ups and downs. You know, long roads, mm-hmm. but we got we got some light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, everybody joining me for Wakanda Forever. Y'all know how we're doing on the rant room on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.